1: So let's talk about storms today. Several years back, I read about a hailstorm in Vicksburg, Mississippi, that rained down a little turtle. True story. <laughs> Meteorologists say that the turtle must have been paddling around in the Mississippi when he was sucked up by a waterspout, then tossed around in a thundercloud where he was wrapped with ice, and then he fell back to earth as hail. Anybody ever feel like that little turtle before? <laughs> Well, that's sometimes the way that we feel whenever we're hit by a storm. But today, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite stories in the Bible that demonstrates that Jesus Christ is Lord over the storms. And so if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 4. You can follow online as well. And so what I'd love to do is just read this passage. Look what it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now I'm sure that every one of us have gone through storms in this life. It may be an atmospheric storm, But more likely, it was an emotional storm or a relational storm. Or a lot of you right now are facing a financial storm. That's life. The unexpected crisis hits you, and you're in a storm. Two months ago, most of us had never heard of the coronavirus. But today, it's changed almost every part of our life. And some people are, you know what, putting on a brave face, but inwardly, their storm is raging. And so today, let's learn How to handle storms. From this miracle, how do you face the storms of life? The disciples in this story find themselves on the Sea of Galilee facing a storm. And it will illustrate for us the principles of how you and I can handle and experience the peace and presence of God in the midst of our storms. I want you to see three principles about storms. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. First of all, let's talk about the reality of storms. I mean, every one of us know that storms are real. Uh, Let me set this up for you. Jesus has been teaching all day, and now Jesus said to his disciples, I want us to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. But as they start crossing, a storm hits them in the middle of the lake. Now, what I find interesting is that Jesus is the one that led them into the storm. The disciples, you know what? They've dedicated themselves to Jesus, They are now obeying the word of Jesus, and yet they find themselves in the middle of a storm. For the last three chapters in Mark, Jesus has been teaching them, and now it was time for them to take a test. How will they respond in their storm? You see, just because you're a follower of Christ doesn't mean you won't have storms. No, as a Christian, you will face the reality of storms. Storms are going to hit every one of us. Now, there are two aspects of this that I want to point out. And the first is this storms can hit us suddenly, right? I mean, storms can hit us suddenly. You can be going along and everything's wonderful, and then boom, a storm hits you. That's what happened to the disciples. Look at what it says in verse 37. But soon a fear storm came up. Have you ever noticed how out of nowhere a storm can suddenly come up? Maybe it's a phone call. And a loved one is gone. Or maybe you're in traffic and a drunk driver comes out of nowhere and your life is now a total wreck. Or you go into work and the boss says, don't bother taking your coat off. Or you go to the doctor and you think you're fine and you hear the word cancer. Or you come home and you find a note and it says, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. Wow, storms can hit us suddenly. But there's a second truth about storms and it's this. Storms can hit severely, right? Right? I mean, there's different storms and different intensities of storms that may hit us. Some storms can be like a thunderstorm, and some can be like an F5 tornado. Well, the storm that hit the disciples was intense. Look at the rest of verse 37. It says, high waves were breaking into the boat. Now, these disciples grew up on this lake, they were fishermen, they knew how to sail, and yet this storm hit them, and their concern tor- turned to fear. I mean, they went from being worried about the boat to being worried about their own lives. This was an intense storm. Lightning was striking. Waves were rolling over the side of the boat. They were rowing and rowing and bailing and bailing as fast as they could, but it didn't help. The boat was beginning to sink. I mean, they were in a major storm in their life. Now, often when storms hit our lives, we wonder, why, why am I in this storm? Well, biblically, I see four causes of storms. One of them is that we live in a fallen world. You've heard me say this before. This is not heaven. This is not the world God created originally for us. It's now broken. Our bodies get sick and die. Tornadoes spawn and then kill people. People call it acts of God. The Bible calls it the groanings of a broken world. So storms come because we live in a fallen world. But some storms will come into our lives because of our sinful choices, right? We cause the storms. We eat too much and don't exercise. We smoke and get lung cancer. We spend money recklessly that we don't have. We, we, we give into our flesh and follow our sinful impulses. And next thing you know, we're in a storm. Sometimes we cause our own storms, right? But the third cause of storms is that simply we are under the attack of Satan, You see, Satan really does attack us. There is a devil, and he has demons, and they can attack us. Do you remember in the book of Job? Remember the tornado that hit his house and killed his children? Satan caused that. There are times when Satan attacks us. But there is a fourth cause of our storms. Some storms are a test from God. You see, God could be using a storm to test our faith. That's what's happening here. Jesus told them, get in the boat. Jesus Christ literally led them straight into the storm. They were completely in the center of God's will, and yet they found themselves in a storm. Sometimes God will lead us into storms, and God uses those storms to test our faith. When you are going through a storm, don't automatically assume, I must be out of the will of God. You may be exactly where God wants you to be. God has not promised you a storm-free life. So that's the reality of storms. But now let me think with you, about the second truth. And that is the anxiety from storms. Storms cause a lot of anxiety. I'm so thankful to have with me to talk about storms, um, Brian Smith of News Channel 9, and he's a local weatherman, and since we're talking about storms, had a couple of questions for you, Brian. Sure. Um, first, tell me, what was some of the biggest storms that you've had to endure here in Chattanooga?
2: Well, I've been through a lot here in Chattanooga, and uh, people may not know, I actually used to be a storm chaser. I did that for a couple of years, wow. and have seen uh, incredible tornadoes. I've seen damage, too. I've mm-hmm. uh, been in a couple of hurricanes, but... Uh, probably the worst day of my life and the biggest storm, and actually biggest storms, would have to be April 27th, 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, knowing a couple of days beforehand what was going to come, and then knowing during that day, waves of storm would would come. And typically around here, we have one line of storms that comes through, maybe, at worst case, a couple of tornadoes, and you're done. That started at 7.30 in the morning, and it hit me in the heart early that morning because the first place that was hit was Lookout Valley, the very same place that I go and get my hair cut every day, Uh, or not every day, but every other uh, week or so. Mm -hmm. And I knew his business had been hit and was already destroyed, and that was just the beginning. Um, And and so would you say
1: that was probably the biggest storm that caused the greatest anxiety in your life?
2: Absolutely. It was on the air for 17 hours, uh, just nonstop. And I knew people were out helping each other, trying to pick up the pieces, as we say, but there was going to be another storm right after that and another storm. And that, that gave me the biggest grief, knowing I was trying to do all I could do, but people were going to be hurt again that did not know a storm was coming. Wow. Um, and that gave me all kinds of anxiety. My, my wife was at home. was only so much I could do for her. Uh, I called her live on the air to let her know that the next storm was coming. Wow. Um, and, I mean, I, I cried. I remember when it was all said and done, sitting at a drive-thru, getting something to eat at 1.30 in the morning bawling because yeah. I, I'd never been through anything like that and I was proud to be able to do what I could but yeah. incredible anxiety incredible yeah. pain in my heart knowing yeah. what was going on.
1: Well Brian thank you for sharing that story and just for what you do to help us prepare for storms. Absolutely that's the best thing we can do is Amen. just be prepared. That's right thank you. Sure. So let's talk about the anxiety that we feel during storms. Well that is where the disciples were at. Their anxiety has now turned to fear. They were worried, but now they're scared to death. Why? Well, let me give you two reasons why we become anxious in life. First of all, we become anxious when we realize we're not in control. I mean, anxiety comes when we realize we're not in control. Now remember that these guys were fishermen. They know the Sea of Galilee. They've been in storms before, but this storm is different. I mean, they are scared spitless, and they know what they're supposed to be doing, right? And they're doing everything they can. They are row, row, rowing the boat. They're bailing and bailing and bailing some more, but their best effort, it's beyond their control. I mean, look at what the Bible says in verse 37, high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Do you know that God will actually lead you into a storm so that you can realize you're not in control? Maybe something on your job is outside of your control right now. Or maybe you've tried to make your marriage work and it doesn't seem to be working. Or you're going through treatment like the doctor says, but you're not getting any better. Sometimes that's what happens. We realize that life is spinning out of control. (laughs) Whenever I think about spinning out of control... What that reminds me of is this event that happened the very first year that we moved from Florida to Tennessee. That very first winter, we had an ice storm. And I thought, hey, this is going to be fun. Let's take the kids down to the hill by the park and let's go sledding. Now, remember, I grew up on beaches and I'd never been in snow, much less ice. So I said, hey, Susan, I'm taking the kids sledding. And she said, I'll see you in heaven. (laughs) So we took this little plastic sled and we were off. Now, the hill that we were going to sled down was a big slope, and then it leveled off before it hit this ditch that's sort of lined with rock and concrete. And I thought, oh, we'll have plenty of time to stop before we hit the concrete-lined ditch, right? So I said, hey, I'm first. Who wants to jump in with me? None of my kids volunteered. So I grabbed Rebecca, my daughter, and um, we start down the hill. And at first, man, it was a blast. I mean, we are going fast. The wind's just swishing through our hair. And then this thought comes to my mind. How do you steer this thing? How do you stop this thing? And so what I tried to do is I tried to start scooting, right? And next thing I know, I'm literally going backwards down the hill with my daughter. I was out of control, filled with fear. But my greatest fear is that if I hurt Rebecca, Susan's going to kill me. (laughs) Now, obviously, we crashed and ended up in the middle of that concrete ditch, The little plastic sled broke into pieces. I look at my daughter, Rebecca, and say, was that fun? She goes, no. (laughs) Now, I know that's a silly illustration, but that's the way we feel sometimes. There are times in life when we feel absolutely out of control. These disciples had done everything in their strength to make it through the storm, and they had failed. Do you know that that is where God wants us to be? God wants us sometimes to feel out of control. Why? Because it's then that we finally turn to Jesus. You see, Jesus will test us and put us through a storm so that we'll realize that we are out of control. And that can cause anxiety. But there's a second reason why we have anxiety. And I want you to jot this down. And it's simply this. We believe that God doesn't care. You see, anxiety comes when we're out of control, but then we think God doesn't really care. Now, think about it. What other conclusion could these disciples had come to? I mean, they were working. They were bailing. They were rowing. They were doing everything they possibly could, and yet none of it was helping. And what was Jesus doing the whole time that they were working so hard? Well, look at what the Bible says in verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. <laughs> you can imagine how they started feeling. What in the world is he doing sleeping? I mean, our lives, we're trying to save our lives. Finally, they get so perturbed at Jesus, they wake him up and chew him out. It's true. Look at what it says in verse 38. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Let me ask you, have there ever been those times in your life when you wonder, God, do you even care? I mean, there's a storm raging in your life and... You don't seem to see God working anywhere. Do you remember the story in the Bible, the story of Lazarus and his death? Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, tell him one of his best friends, Lazarus, is sick. Come quickly. Then Jesus says, we're going to hang around here for a couple of days. What? (laughs) Jesus, don't you care your friend Lazarus is dying? And when Jesus does show up, he's been dead for four days. Mary and Martha, when they greet Jesus, they give him this statement. Lord, if you had been here, he would still be alive. But, but what did Jesus say? He said, trust me, I'm about to give you a greater revelation of who I am and my power. You only know me as a healer, but I'm about to show you that I'm the resurrection and the life. It appeared as though Jesus didn't care, but God's delay led to a greater revelation and plan. And it's the very same way in your life. There will be those times when you are out of control and it may appear that God doesn't care. But remember, every time you look at the cross, it's God's way of saying, I love you this much. I care for you with an everlasting love. So how do you make it through the storms of life? Well, today what I want to do from this miracle, I want us to move from anxiety to tranquility. Jot that down, the tranquility through the storms. The tranquility through the storms. How do you experience peace and tranquility whenever you're going through a storm? Well, let's look at the rest of the story. Look at what it says in verse 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Uh, Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? So Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves and commands them to be still. But then he turns to his disciples and he rebukes them for being so afraid and not operating in faith. Now, Jesus didn't rebuke them for waking him up. Hey, why'd you wake me up? No, that was good to wake him up. When you go through a storm, it's good to go to the Lord of the storm, right? That wasn't the issue. The issue was their fear and lack of faith. You see, Jesus saw something more dangerous than the storm that could take their life. He saw unbelief that could take their soul. So how do you have faith in the storms of life? Well, first of all, you need to believe the promise of the Savior. You can only have peace rather than fear in the storm if you believe a promise from God. Do you remember how this entire story started off? Look again in verse 35. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross the other side of the lake. Now, if Jesus says, you're gonna go to the other side of the lake, you're gonna make it to the other side of the lake. Jesus had given them a promise. We're gonna go to the other side of the lake. And God doesn't lie. When God gives you a promise, you can stand on it. And that means you can have peace and the peace of God that will come. And the Bible is filled with promises from God. Some of you right now, are in the middle of a storm and what you need to do is pray. Lord Jesus, I'm in this storm. I need a promise from your word. That's what the apostle James says that we are to do in the midst of a trial. James 1 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God and he will give it to you. God wants you to have a promise that you can walk in and rest in during your difficult times. But besides a promise, they also had the presence of Christ right there in the boat with them. You can jot that down. Trust the presence of the Savior. I mean, where was Jesus during that storm? He was right there in the boat with them. Look again, verse 36. They took Jesus in the boat and started out. Jesus was there. Yes, he was sleeping, but that should have encouraged them. Okay, if it's not bothering Jesus, maybe this shouldn't bother us as well. Okay? They were stressed out, but Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was lying there in complete peace. The presence of Jesus Christ was there with them. Did you know that God's presence will be with you as well? I remember years ago when I was driving in Tampa, I was driving along and suddenly my clutch went out of my car. I couldn't change gears. So I exited the highway into a really bad part of town. Back then, it was known as Ybor City, and it was a crime-filled section of Tampa. Immediately, I start thinking, okay, how much money do I have because I'm about to get mugged? Uh, I mean, you know you're in a bad part of town when the light doesn't say walk and don't walk. It says run for your life. (laughs) I mean, the area code for Ybor City was 911. So I was filled with this anxiety when suddenly a police car shows up. I mean, he was there on the way to help me. And as soon as I saw the presence of the police car, I had peace. Well, it's the same way with us. When you have the presence of Jesus Christ with you, you can have the peace of God that surpasses even your understanding. God has promised to be with you. Jesus has said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Folks, Jesus is in the boat with you. If you're going through a storm, you need to know Christ is with you. And if you can hang on to that truth, you can experience peace. But there's one final thing that will give you peace in the storm. And it's this. Ready? Focus on the power of the Savior. Now, this is critical. Where you put your focus will determine everything else. You need to focus on the power of Christ. I mean, it's so easy for us to get distracted by the storms of life. I mean, the waves and the wind can cause such fear. But after they saw the power of Jesus, the disciples had even a greater fear. Look what it says in verse 41. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. They had been so focused on the storm, but now they can't take their eyes off of Jesus. And they ask, who is this man? Well, let me remind you who Jesus is. Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the son of God. He's the creator of the universe. He's the one who made the wind and the waves. No wonder they obey his commands. So when you are in the middle of a storm, get your focus off the wind and the waves and put them back on the power of your savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord over the storms. Keep your focus on Christ and his power. So follow this progression with me. Fact number one. Fear occurs when we feel out of control. Fact number two, most of your life, you're going to feel out of control. Fact number three, Christ is in control. So there's only one way to overcome fear. Get your focus and your trust off of you and put it on the one who's in control, Jesus Christ. When life is out of control, you don't need to be out of control if you'll trust the one who's in control. You see, we fear too much because we trust God too little. Let me say that again. We fear too much because we trust God too little. But if you can learn to trust in Christ, you can experience peace even in the middle of the storms. Most of you know the story of Horatio Spatford. He was a well-known businessman in Chicago in the 1860s. He was devoted to his wife, Anna, and their five children. Though Horatio was a devoted Christian, "...tragedy began to strike his life. First, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Then a year later, the great fire of Chicago wiped out his business. Aware of the emotional toll that these tragedies had taken on his family, he decided that his family should go on a holiday to England. But a last-minute business crisis came up, and he had to stay behind for a couple of weeks. So he sent his family on ahead, and he told them that he would join them quickly." So his wife, Anna, and their four girls boarded a steamship and headed to England. But a few days later, Horatio was given horrific news. The ship his family was on was struck accidentally by another ship and sunk within 12 minutes, along with 226 passengers. It was the worst maritime disaster until the sinking of the Titanic. The next day, he received a telegraph from his wife, Anna, with these words, Survived Alone. Horatio's four daughters had perished. After hearing this terrible news, he boarded the next ship out of New York to join his grieving wife. During the voyage, the captain of the ship called him to the bridge and said, A careful reckoning has been made, and we believe that we are now passing the very place where your children's ship sank. And it was there while staring into the watery grave of his beloved daughters, that he penned the words to the famous hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. You know the lyrics. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like deep billows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight, The clouds be rolled back like a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Do you see what he was doing? In the midst of his storm, he was believing the promise of his Savior. He was trusting in the presence of his Savior. And he was focused on the power of his Savior. And because he did, he experienced peace in the storm. And you can experience the same peace.
0: Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called the seven commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us again next time.